1: Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do them that have it. Get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. For the past several weeks, I've shared in detail something I refer to as the greedy saver syndrome and, most importantly, how to avoid becoming one. You see, the greedy saver syndrome is basically the natural inclination of us savers to watch what everyone else is doing with their money instead of staying in our financial lane and playing things safe. We tend to venture into uncharted territory for the sole purpose of, yep, you got it, making more money. And as a result, we can end up investing in things we don't understand and in many cases taking a necessary risk, which of course can result in loss. And it's not just the possibility of losing money, but it is the grief and worry that follows along. And this week, I'm going to tackle a subject that is one I've never on earth covered, and that's the idea of something we call good grief. Well, welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement, and I am that little man in the sweater vest. And uh, before we get into today's program on grief, let me welcome the producer of the show, America's favorite financial sidekick, as always here in our Louisville studios on August 11th, 2020, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, this is kind of an odd topic to be talking about. It's 7.30 on a Tuesday morning, a little heavy duty. You okay with this topic of grief? Hey, whatever you want to talk about, let's go. (laughs) So basically, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot in our business is the idea of losing money. Uh, Savers don't like to lose money. I'm a saver. As you know, if you listen to this program with any regularity, I just don't like losing money. Do you like losing money, Aaron? Is it fun for you to lose money? No, I don't. I didn't think so. But the loss of grief usually is associated with what do you think of when you think of grief? If I say you're going to grieve something, you're thinking the loss of what? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, usually the loss of a loved one, a spouse, a child, parent, grandparent, something like that. And and let's make uh something clear folks. I am not going at all to belittle the idea of grief. In fact, we've got a gentleman coming on a counselor who deals a lot with grief here in just a few minutes. So, but we have to also as a guy that's kind of a glass half full kind of guy, have to understand that grief is a part of life. And I've had to go through quite a few deaths here and I was thinking out loud Uh, And I don't want to leave off some people. In fact, I'll name a few if you don't mind. I'm thinking of my late great father, Dick Walker, who died at a young age, uh, you know, grieved the loss of him. Although it was funny, um, he had Alzheimer's and he was a funny guy. And I think I grieved his death as he was sick. So by the time he died, as strange as this may seem, to me, it was almost a good thing. Have you ever seen when people, it's like, eh, this was probably a good thing. So I spoke at his funeral And since I'd already kind of grieved his death as we went through the whole nursing home process, it was interesting. I got up and I even cleared this with his sister, my aunt, who she's passed away, who I love dearly. And I said, Hey, Jeanette, you think it'd be appropriate for me to tell some Dick Walker stories? And she's like, Oh, yeah, go for it. Why not? You know, he would have loved that. So a buddy of mine, Tim, was at the funeral, and I told all these stories, and people were having a big laugh out of it. And Tim, afterwards, Tim was a real quiet guy. He said, Tony, I'll have to say this. I don't think I've ever laughed so hard at a funeral. (laughs) So anyway, so I had a lot of fun with my dad, but I do still grieve his loss. You know, he died at a young age. I got grandkids now. He didn't have a chance to see them grow up. So sad there. Of course, my grandfather, grandmother, uh, my dad's mother, uh, again, my aunt and uncle, Tins and Jeanette um let's see I'm thinking well I'll tell you another one that people don't think about too much Aaron we lost four of our dogs we had four dogs and over a short period of time all four of those dogs died we had Hershey, Holly, Gator, and Darley. you've seen that picture of them with the kids yep I mean that's a big part of our life those kids got to watch those dogs and so for those of you who are dog lovers or even any kind of pet lover I mean, that was traumatic to lose all four of those dogs. We've replaced them with uh, Stella, the Black Russian Terrier, but still not quite the same. So grief can be in the form, as Aaron said, of the loss of a loved one for sure, but also the loss of a job. Um, There have been, I I probably should keep count, Aaron, a number of people as we record this show on August uh, eleventh, 2020, that have lost their jobs. And some of those people, while they're okay with it, you know, the coronavirus and we've had government shutdowns and businesses have shut down. And unfortunately, I think it's provided an excuse for some businesses to kind of lay off people. But for some people, this has been traumatic, you know, just to lose a job out of the blue. Um, Had a couple in yesterday, and the guy's doing okay with it, but you can tell he's a little shell-shocked. So loss of a job, loss of a valuable possession. You've never lost anything, valuable possession? No, I've lost all kinds of stuff. I just... I don't know. <laughs> Didn't grieve it, I guess. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my wife years ago lost a piece of jewelry, and I remember it It uh, kind of sent her in a little bit of a trauma for a while. We never did find it. Um, our, our way of life, what do you think about people that are going through this, and maybe our guests can answer this question, with the government shutdown and our way of life, Aaron, do you think that's caused a little grief with people? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I just uh... – so, basically – what we're going to do today, we're going to try to help with this idea of losing things. We're going to do two things. When we come back, we've got a gentleman that's going to be in the studio, a counselor, someone who's been around a lot longer even than I have, and one of the subjects and areas of specialty for him is helping people deal with loss or grief. Then we're going to come back after Mr. Harmon's on with us, and we're going to talk about the greatest fears of retirees. And surprisingly, surprisingly, well, I won't give them the answer just yet, Aaron. It's going to surprise you what the greatest fear of retirees is. Hint, hint, it's not death. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back.
0: Do you have to even be 62? I mean how old do you have to be to roll your 401k over?
1: That is a great question because even I kind of forget to remind people that. Uh, Let me let me kind of go over the rules with a 401k. First of all let's start with young folks. You know even in our own office in our studios here, Megan we were talking about this. She works with me. She was at a former employer. Megan's a young lady and she had a 401k and I was talking to her. I said hey Megan if you ever want us to handle that let us know and she goes what are you talking about? I said your 401k at your previous employer. You can roll that over to us And guess what she said? Well, they never told me that. And I laughed and I said, why do you think they didn't tell you that, Megan? They don't want the money leaving. They're charging fees on it. So we're gonna be able to show Megan how to roll that over. And we're also gonna show her how to save a lot of money over her lifetime in taxes. So first and foremost, a former employer that is a 401k that you have, it doesn't matter your age, we can handle that. Now here's a little known secret that most people don't realize. If you're 59 and a half or older, even if you're still working, Listen closely. Even if you're still working, in many cases, you can roll that 401k over to us. No taxes, no cost, and we can handle that. Now, why would you want to do that? So we can set a game plan in place and start giving you some reassurance and confidence that you're going to be able to retire. So if you're 59 and a half and older, you can roll it over. Obviously, if you're retired, you can roll the 401k over to us. And then finally, we see people that have been retired for years, and here's what I'm, they, they want me to go over a game plan and I'll say, by the way, why is your 401k still over there? at your former employer. That's been five years ago. And they said, again, Tony, just didn't know where to move it. So we tend to help people that really want personalized service. What I've found over the years is they'd rather leave it there, some of them, at least they know where it is, right? Versus maybe going out here and you got some rogue advisor or people out here chasing after your money. Uh, by the way, these dinner seminars, that's why they're getting so popular, Tina. They know that all these people are starting to retire, and there's trillions. Again, there's trillions of dollars over the next 10 to 15 years in these 401Ks that are probably going to move out into a lot of these advisors' hands. So you better get a handle on it, get a game plan now, and that's what we can help you with. And in many cases, regardless of your age, it just depends on your circumstances
0: worried about running out of money in retirement then download mailbox money for life from best selling author and retirement planning specialist tony walker just log on to tony walker that's tony walker
1: Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement and uh, with us in the studio this morning to help us deal with this very uh, difficult topic sometimes of grief is counselor, Mr. Dave Harmon from right here in Louisville. Dave, thank you for taking time to be with You're us. You're quite sir.
2: welcome and uh, I like doing these things.
1: Yeah. and you said I said, how should I introduce you? Behind me, you've got all of your accolades. You've got more degrees than the thermometer. I think I do like just saying Dave, the counselor. Can I Dave, just- Dave,
2: the counselor's right on.
1: <laughs> so you've been dealing, I guess, in this area of grief for literally 40 plus years at least. Yeah. In fact, we were, before we went on, you were talking about that tragedy uh, nine years ago or so in Lexington. And I know you may not want to go into a lot of detail, but you were there to do what at that particular moment?
2: Grief counseling for the families of the folks that died on the crashes, and all died, but the co copilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus the employees, because many employees of the airlines died. Yeah. And
1: so the ensuing grief, when somebody goes through any kind of loss like that, today we want to kind of talk a little bit about the rippling effect. So... What are some of the things that result from grief? I know we get depressed and things like that, but what are some of the things you see immediately that you try to counsel people on and help them through these areas?
2: Well, first there's a book called Good Grief they can follow this up with, but you essentially usually go into shock, and disbelief, thinking they'll come back or people will come back or the money will come back or they'll reestablish their financial uh, thing, but it shifts quickly to anger, to bargaining, Uh, to seeking relief from that, negotiating, and finally accepting reality that whatever the loss is, whether it's financial or a person or a family or whoever, it's done. We need to accept
1: it. So, you know, my wife, she used to be an ICU nurse, and she's always had a way with words and knows how to counsel people in their time of grief. And she's always said, too, I wanted to ask you this. When I used to go to funerals, she said, Tony, you talk too much. And I said, what do you mean, Susan? She said, you know what? Sometimes people don't want to hear related stories of your grief. Could you speak to people about that? What's a good way to help people deal with grief, and what's, what do you think they need most sometimes?
2: Actually, the, the best thing they can do is start walking four miles a day, start talking to three to four people a day uh, about their grief, write letters to the people they've lost, or write letters about the financial loss. Um, they should share those then with people. Uh, if they are extreme, and the grief is getting unresolved, they should seek a counselor. But otherwise, most grief can be managed within the family or the friends and maybe the pastor if they have a church.
1: And in a sense, this is a financial show. Just briefly, have you ever seen um, grief or devastating loss specifically to finances and the rippling effect from that?
2: Um, hundreds of times, actually. Um, fo- folks are devastated and can't function, and therefore they lose their careers, their jobs. Uh, their homes, um, their investments, um, millions of dollars actually I've watched. Mm. Um, A gambler who lost $8 million over at the boat, for example, and then began to do dishonest things and uh, he went to prison over it.
1: Yeah, so that grief can lead to pretty destructive behavior. That's
2: 64 years old.
1: Oh my goodness, now you've written papers on this. I've got a couple things I want to throw up, we can kind of turn around here. Alright, I like this one you've got, Dave. Grief is work. Grieving requires energy and it takes
2: time. I- exactly how do you mean? Well, I, I tell people that we rent space in our head to I like that. Uh, grief, to uh-huh. drugs, to alcohol, to criminal behavior, to in, 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 uh, inappropriateness. And that we have to take that, and to sometimes to people, because we give them power overs. And we've got to get our power back. And, if we don't, then the emotional distress will get worse, the psychological distress get worse, the spiritual stress get worse, the financial stress therefore will get extremely worse. Boy,
1: that's good. Another one here you've got. We just we got some excerpts. You have got a ton of these that are great uh, wisdom. Consider writing a letter to your loved one. You mentioned that earlier. What do you, what do you mean by that?
2: Well, I have them write a letter. Uh, depending on the st- status of their grief, uh, it could be a letter reconciling differences it could be a letter of goodbye uh,
1: so let's say I've already lost a loved one you mean I'm gonna
2: write them a letter Right, because we your- haven't finished the grief and it, it that's why the book good grief is such a great book to read hmm. it's 66 pages real oh. short.
1: Oh, I of short books
2: and easy to get um, and uh, we have to move on so um, I had a lady recently I'll give an example uh, was was going to the gravesite of her husband who died suddenly. And she came in to me after going several places and didn't seem to be resolving it. I sent her to support groups at several churches because she was involved in faith-based counseling. And um, one day she said, I drove by the cemetery and there's a guy sitting by the gravesite.
1: Her husband's
2: gravesite? No, a gravesite. Just a gravesite. I said, well, why don't you put a chair in your car and go over there tomorrow and sit with him? (laughs) Because she wasn't working on it. She went and she says, "Wow, that felt good." He's going through the same thing I am. Huh. She came back and pretty soon they had sixteen people. Wow! And they bought the stone that, she, that this man couldn't afford for his wife. He was about eighty. Oh. No, and that's and it's awesome. pretty cool. Cool things happen with grief. But the nice thing is that when we get through and have done effective grieving, that then and only then do we have the great memories of the relationship, if there were those.
1: So they the incentive in a, in some ways. You say this. That's, that's it. You've got it, so you can move on and enjoy the memories. But it's enjoy. hard to enjoy those memories, whether they're
2: few or many. That's that's we, really that's all we have left. That ways we can do that: we can put a chair in all family gatherings, and we do that at our house for two people. Oh, uh, on their birthdays, we go to their favorite restaurant still. They've been gone twenty years. Yeah, um, that was my idea, and the family loved it. <laughs> uh, um, and, uh, we, Every time
1: I meet you, you're always talking about going out to eat somewhere. I think you just like to go out to eat I, too. I do now. like that. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and I have to do that because we're usually in the office. <laughs> oh,
1: you work hard
2: still. I'm amazed. <laughs> but uh, then folks naturally talk to the people, talk about or to the people in the chairs, even though they're not there, and so we do that on hol- holidays. I love it. And can't, we got time for one more. Sure. Do you mind?
1: Let's try, kind of consider over here, Derek, if you can throw this one up. Well, this was a good one. I, th- this one jumped out of me. Grief is not a disease, but it can become one. That's pretty powerful. Oh, and
2: it's actually true. Uh, grief is, normal grief is resolved fairly quickly, uh, depending upon the relationship, six months to a year, year and a half. Uh, but unfinished grief unresolved grief may take years and years and years and um, Then depression sets in panic sets in anxiety sets in self-esteem problems step in we stop bathing We stop doing all the normal things We isolate Mm -hmm. uh, We stop connecting with people. uh, We start even cutting off the internet. I've got a few that have done that
1: They just want no connection with anybody, huh?
2: They just pull the curtains. Wow. and they wait and some of them happen to come out and I get a few of them but only a few of the people really doing that
1: so we're, so we're talking about that's good called grief. unhealthy grief for um, sure so kind of closing out here Dave give us some good news about grief because I'm, I'm kind of like you I think grief though can be a good thing so we where do we leave this and give people a positive notion that might be grieving right now as we watch
2: it grief watch the gives the show. us an opportunity to reevaluate uh, grief gives an opportunity to reconcile differences with the people we lost, the money we lost, the homes we lost, the jobs we lost, there's usually reasons for all of it. And we come to grips with that and hopefully adjust our lives.
1: That's, that's good, good words. Thank you so much for being with us, and thank, you for all, and thank you for all you do for people out there in your counseling. I know thank they you, really sir. appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Folks, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Our employee spotlight today shines brightly on Miss Mandy Houchins. Good morning to you, Mandy.
0: Good morning, Tony.
1: Thank you for making the drive up to uh, Louisville with Connie Fortney. Did you have a good drive up?
0: We did, yes. No traffic, so it was nice.
1: And you've been with me a whole, what, two and a half, three months, uh, Tony Walker? Five. Has it been five months?
0: Five months.
1: I was trying to get you roped into this interview much sooner, so you got by with five months without being interviewed for the spotlight.
0: I held out for a little while.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being with us. And just briefly tell us a little bit about your background, Mandy, prior to joining Tony Walker Financial.
0: Sure. I had done banking for about 22 years, all aspects. Started as a teller, was a processor, a loan assistant. Ended up as a uh, loan officer, mortgage lending, and did that for a while, and then just decided I needed a change. So, still financial world, but a different aspect this time.
1: Yeah, what is the one thing that's kind of, I wouldn't want to say surprised you about working for a retirement planning specialist, but what have you seen that's kind of different from the banking or the rest of the financial world that you've learned?
0: I think you're just helping people at a different point in their life. You know, you're the, most people that have saved all of their working years when they're, you know, doing lending and things like that, and most people that... We're helping now; are past that. You know, they're ready for the retirement and enjoying the money that they've saved.
1: And I like how you put it too. I, I asked you once in the office. I said, "What do you see as one of the advantages of what we do?" And I, how did you put that? Stretching the money, making it work. What, what did you say? Yeah, there? you see
0: how far you can stretch the money that they've saved.
1: That's really good. And then one area, uh, Mandy, and we really appreciate this that you're helping with. And it kind of surprised me that you said you actually enjoy doing this, but. At Tony Walker Financial, you know, I always say that we take you from cradle to grave. And unfortunately, with our clientele being many of them retired, we do lose uh, some of our clients to death. Sure. And we are unusual because we encourage the family to let us help with those death claim forms and... You've kind of jumped right in there and share with that process that, unfortunately, we do have a lot of clients in that age range. So tell people how, what your role is in that process. Uh,
0: basically, you know, you, you contact the companies that they have accounts with, annuities or, you know, Charles Schwab, and you help them with those death claim forms. The filling out of that paperwork can be very overwhelming, especially in a tough time like that. So I basically prep the paperwork and, and find out what their options are for going forward with those accounts.
1: And I know they really appreciate that, and finally, uh, Lisa Allercamp, who does all of our income plans you 've also jumped in helping out with that i mean you 're doing so many wonderful things. Tell people about your role in helping with the income planning and the rewards you see in that in terms of our clients uh, knowing exactly what they got and how they 're going to be able to use and enjoy it.
0: Sure, you basically look at what people have saved you know over their lives and you, and you help them figure out where to put it and how to stretch it out, like I like to say um and make it last for them and how they can get that mailbox money as you talk about over the retirement years of their life and i have enjoyed figuring out how to do that best for people not everybody wants the same thing so each one is different Mm
1: -hmm. good observation well mandy first of all uh, it's been five months but it's been a great five months we appreciate all that you do for tony walker financial and hopefully you're with us many years in the future so thank you so much for your service thank you tony you're welcome most valuable lesson that I've learned since I lost my uh, spouse is that early on we didn't get on the same page with uh, the income and the bills and so forth so I was doing one financial uh, paradigm and she was handling another and, she, and we both did great jobs but when one suddenly is not there the one that is left is at a loss and has to look for things, and maybe confused about some of the rules and the and the situations that was established while they were both uh, actively uh, enduring these pursuits. Uh, that was actually a comment I had that uh, a client shared with us who had lost his spouse recently, and you know one of the things he said that I really picked up on, uh, basically was that they really were not on the same page financially most of their lives. Maybe you, you and your spouse or partner, you know, you're kind of doing your thing. You're working hard, and before you know it, you uh, wake up and you're both retired, or maybe one of you has a serious illness. This is what happened to his wife. She eventually passed away. And near the end, of course, they got everything kind of organized. But that, I think that rings true. Most people I meet, generally speaking, there's one spouse that tends to handle most of the day-to-day operations maybe of the what we call running the household And then a lot of times, the other spouse uh, could be assumed to be the breadwinner. And Aaron, what I've noticed over the years, you know, I've counseled over 15,000 savers. And a lot of times, it's like this gentleman said, they're really not on the same page. Can can you see how that would happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about you and Jessica or me and Susan. I mean, I've been married now for years. But there are certain things that you just have to keep communicating on. You just, you get busy. You know, you're doing your thing. I mean... And that kind of happens in finance. So what I thought I would do, folks, is really encourage you. You know, unfortunately, we're talking about death and dying here, but encourage you to think about this idea of, first of all, if you are married or have a partner, to get everything under one roof. Now, why is this important? Why, why do we at Tony Walker Financial espouse this concept of getting everything under one roof? And what do we mean by that, number one? And what is the advantage to you as a saver, to getting everything under one roof. Well, let's think about that a minute. Think of all the different products, financial products, all the different wants and needs you might have as you're approaching retirement. Well, the first thing you got to figure out, uh, and we do a lot of these. We did uh, two of these yesterday. My favorite son-in-law, Trey, uh, we had people in, and they jumped on it, and we made 401k rollover calls. Well, that's a difficult proposition for some folks. I mean, maybe that's you. You've got a 401k. You've just been told you've uh, got to leave work you've got to roll that thing over you've got an old 401k you haven't rolled over and you have no clue where to start and then even if you were to roll that 401k over to an ira you know the old question is who who can you trust and then even if you trust someone and roll it over to them the the other problem i see Aaron, is nobody has a game plan so it's think about this if i were coming to share or counsel you and jessica on something and I didn't talk to you both together, and we didn't collectively come up with a game plan, wouldn't it be pretty hard to follow a game plan because we don't have one? You're doing your thing. Right. Jessica does hers, and I come back in two years and go, well, you all haven't accomplished anything, or you're still over here, Aaron, and Jessica's over here. We're not moving in the same direction. I think that's what this gentleman was referring to. So what we have to do, we have to get that game plan in writing. And what I've found over the years, it's a liberating experience for a husband and wife or partner to know that, okay, this is what we've got. Here's how much we can spend. Uh, Last night, Aaron and I had someone in, and they're they're retired now, but they're doing a lot of mission work. Well, obviously, they're traveling all over the world. Guess what they haven't been doing over the last three or four months? Traveling. Can't go anywhere. The country they normally go to to do mission work is literally shut down. They won't let them in. But it's been good for them, they said, to just kind of slow down a little bit and reflect on their finances, and that's why they wanted to meet. They've been so busy. Doing mission work since retiring, they needed to sit down and go over their finances. And for me, as their advisor, it was so easy to do that because all we did was we just pulled out their game plan. Make sense? Mm -hmm. I mean, just pulled out their game plan. So as we went through the game plan, we were back on pace. We reminded them how much they could comfortably spend, how long the money would last. We'll talk about one of the greatest fears of Americans in just a second. And then clearly, when they left, They knew, okay, everything's fine. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. But they were both on the same page, which leads to the next thing. Folks, you can spread your money out in retirement all you want. You can have 15 different advisors. You can have money at 48 different banks. uh, You can bury it in the backyard. Whatever you want to do, this is your money. I'll never cry foul for anything like that. But here's what I'm learning. Again, this is just by experience. The older people get, the farther they move into what I call the second half of life, the more serious this issue gets of trying to keep things organized. Folks, if you do not stay organized, the cost associated at death, taxes, probate, uh, just money that's, uh, that nobody knows how to get organized, things that are forgotten that you can't even find, uh, the stress of the executor that has to handle your estate, it goes on and on. So why in the world would not you at least consider getting everything under one roof with a company such as Tony Walker Financial. You know, folks, what I've done over the years in doing this business for 36 years is I've tried to learn how to get everything under one roof, and the way I've done that is to build out a team of service experts with a process that not only can work with you when you retire, but through retirement, and yes, to the day you die. We are there for our clients. We're not money managers. We're not wealth managers. We're just trying to help hardworking savers enjoy what they've got before it's too late, And as best we can, make sure that money passes easily to the partner or to the next generation. So why don't you do this? Why don't you log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com? Let's talk. Let's set up a meeting. There's no cost or obligation. We can meet by phone. Or, of course, we'd be happy to meet with you in either our Bowling Green Louisville or Lexington, Kentucky offices. So it's TonyWalkerFinancial.com or give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-WALKER. Well, we've enjoyed today's program on the Worry-Free Retirement. We look forward to visiting uh, with you next week. But between now and then, you remember, if all else fails, you be if worry-free. You it, Make it a good one. You don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.